You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and... What the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. I want you to go back in the Wayback Machine with me. Way back to, well, exactly one year ago today. We had walked the streets of New York. Anyone that's gone to any event in New York City, you know one thing. You walk a ton. You smell kind of dirty. um, And you're a little bit sweaty. And we made it down to a train station. And on that train station is where the origin of this podcast began. One year ago today. And the, the, the beauty of that is we were leaving an event called NFT NYC, and right now we are broadcasting, you might be able to hear in the background, from NFT London, from the parent company of NFT NYC. And we are one week away from that one-year anniversary. One year of buying an NFT every day, one year of doing a podcast each and every day. And I will just say, one of the, one of the beauties, one of the things that I think is really fun to, to take a look at is not only how much the podcast has changed, not only how much the, you know, the NFT space has changed, but let's also be real. The other thing that's changed is the fact that an event like this, so much has changed, yet so much stays the same. For people that haven't gone to an event yet, or if you've not gone to an NFT event or a Web3 event, I have one thing to share is that this is the event that you want to actually go to because there's the energy of others that are in this space, right? I talk a lot about... You know, finding your people, surrounding yourself with people that get what you get or what you're all about. And I will just tell you, every event I go to, especially these events that are NFT focused, when I leave, I'm more optimistic, more excited about the space. Now, that doesn't mean that we are just, we're singing unicorns, rainbows, and BS, but it does mean that we are, you know, really getting to know some of the the pain points. And one of the pain points that I wanted to share that I know that I felt here at this event was there's a real need for a central hub of educational content. Educational content was brought up a lot, and almost all of it was, we care about it, we love it, and we need more of it. Now, there is irony here, because every person on the panel would say, we need more educational content. But if you went to the educational sessions, there was barely anyone there. And so that's very interesting. I remember when I was in the cybersecurity space, Everyone knew they had to have a cybersecurity policy. They knew they needed to upgrade what they were doing. But the funny thing about it is nobody wanted to go learn about it or study about it or make it happen. And so I was really hoping, you know, at this event this time that the educational tracks would have been kind of maximized. But I will say education was definitely the theme on a majority of the panels, on a majority of the sessions. The other thing I want to share, this is a a personal just kind of, um, you know, FYI, I think, you know, we build trust, right? This, this, this space is about building trust. This space is about establishing uh, you know, who we are. And I will tell you, if you are agreeing to do something, if you're making a promise, let's just say to speak on a panel at an event and you don't show up at that event, I tweeted it out. I believe every person that got a speaker pass that didn't show up for their panel should be blackballed from every future event and never given a speaker a pass again at an NFT NYC event. And I'm very bullish about that because the problem about this is that there are so many people that would have, would have done anything for that opportunity. 
And it's too easy in this space to take things for granted. And there are a couple of people that I know for a fact that they're here in this building. They use their free speaker pass to be able to, to attend, to network, to hang out with people. Yet they had a 35-minute obligation to get on stage, talk about whatever they wanted to talk about on a panel, and they didn't even show up. And to me, this is just a sign of the space. Not only do we need to mature, but we need to ultimately, we need to you know, lift each other up, find ways to kind of grow together, ultimately find ways to expand how we as a community hold people accountable. Accountability is still lacking a year after I left NFT NYC the first time. Now, I will tell you, there was something that I will say that, that has improved, and that is minorities and females being on stage. I was very embarrassed a year ago at not only the lack of diversity, but just even the lack of attention to attempting to provide diverse groups of people on stage. And I'm not referring to the idea of every women panel only being about women in NFTs. There are women and minorities that should be on all of these panels having expertise far beyond just diversity and inclusion and women in Web3. So as a whole, I'm leaving this space. I'm leaving this world from you know this one-year journey more positive, more optimistic, more excited about the NFT space. But at the same time, going to put it out there that we have a lot more to do and we have a lot more spaces that we have to work through. And ultimately, I think we have to do that by holding people accountable. We have to do that by amplifying the good people doing good things. And ultimately, I, I believe part of this whole journey is it is about lifting each other up, working together, and kind of growing as we go. So with that being said, I'm going to bring in a couple of people that are here at the event to share one of their takes uh, of what's going on here at uh, NFT uh, London. And uh, the first person I want to bring on when we come on the, he was on the podcast before in Ohio, uh, and he was on with my good friend Katie. So, Jordash, uh, you you were a speaker. You got to speak here at NFT London. You were not at NFT NYC, but you got to live it through us. Give me a little bit of your takeaway for those that weren't here. What was your experience attending this event across the pond, but also your first one of this kind of branded event? Oh, that's a good question, man. Um. Yeah, so I definitely missed out on the NYC PO app. I definitely missed out on that NYC experience, but I, I felt like I was there because I heard all about it. And, you know, being the, I've gone to a lot of conferences. I've spoken at a lot of conferences, but this is the first NFT Web3 branded one. And I was, um, I was very, very impressed with the type of people that were here, but more so everything was in one building. Everything was centralized. So even though we live in a decentralized uh, world in this Web3 space, having a conference centralized where it's everything was on one of six floors, all the floors were um, were branded per track, it was easy to be able to pop in and out of sessions. It was easy to network with people. It was easy to sit down, have have a drink, have some food, and being able to network. And I, I've, going to enough events, that's where the magic happens. Yes, there's amazing content here. Yes, there's amazing um, people here, but the, the ones that you can connect with, that's where the magic happens. So for being my first one from what I've heard at other ones, I was super, super impressed with the quality of the event and the uh, smoothness. Now, like fans will just mention, you know, it was a little disappointing to see some of these empty seats in these speaker panels, which is unacceptable. Um, like he mentioned, there was a lot of people that applied that didn't get the opportunity. So 
You know, I hope next year um, it's a learning lesson for the people. If you are going to step up, if you are going to, in Fanzo's words, raise your damn hand, you need to show up, right? Raise your hand, show up. Um, but, you know, for my first experience, you know, I'm looking forward to this kind of being the standard in the event, in the space, and continue to uh, build on top of that. I love that, Jordash. And, I, I mean, there's so much of that hits home. Uh, and I also say, for those that aren't aware, uh, London, it rains a lot. And uh, Jordash came prepared with an individual umbrella. Most people travel with an umbrella that we could all come together on. But uh, we walked uh, a lot to Jordash's hotel, uh, quote-unquote, looking for food uh, with his one umbrella. But, uh, Jordash, I, I, love the, I love that take. I love that you, know, you get to share that from like, kind of your, your first time at the NFT NYC event. And also, just for those that are listening, right, Jordash and I both, you know, make money as speakers. And as speakers, we also are not naive to understand that the networking and the people are what people come to these events for. And I think that kind of like honesty and appreciation for networking uh, is essential. Next person I'm going to throw to, Delphi Cat. Now, Delphi Cat was with me in New York. You got to go to New York and attend, you know, some of the sessions there. We did a lot of walking. Uh, I was kind of talking a little bit about that from there. How would you compare it from New York to London? And like, what are your thoughts? Like, if you had a, if you had to think about maybe something that you could hopefully see at the next New York version that they can learn from London, what would you kind of take on from that? So I've had a great experience uh, here in London for sure. Um, comparing it to New York is difficult because even just the whole city has such a different vibe. Um, it, you know, it's it's like comparing apples to oranges in some way. Now, there are some elements that are the same. So there's a lot of panels. And unfortunately, a lot of the talks are shorter than I would like because... Um, even if you have a solo talk, you don't, you aren't really given enough time to really get into the meat of what you're an expert on. So that is similar to New York. Um, but, uh, a couple of the differences I've noticed, it's, it's been great to not have to walk so much and to have different venues, um, uh, you know, spread out. So actually I have found the socializing and the networking to be a little bit, um, more, a little bit easier here because there's lounges, there's like all these tables set up with like water, snacks, food, um, all of the booths are spread out, but people aren't hustling to just get to the next place. That's like a 10 minute walk away or a 20 minute walk away. Um, so that's been really nice. I will say also one of the cool things here is that I found out today, there's a puppy room. So yeah, just sign up and I wasn't able to sign up, but I can tell you next conference, I'm going to be trying to find the puppy room. I love that. The, the puppy room in Web3. Puppies, puppies, let's face it, puppies and memes and cats have always owned the internet and owned our world. Web1, Web2, Web3. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more on the, the nice ability that we didn't have to walk a ridiculous amount. And it was much easier, uh, I believe, to network and kind of connect you know, a lot of the dots that maybe we weren't able to uh, previously, which I think is definitely uh, a huge win uh, across the board. So next I'm going to throw it over. So, you know, for a lot of people come to these projects, uh, these events for different reasons, right? Jordash being uh, a collector, a consultant. And, you know, the on top of that, we also have people that come to events that are, you know, supporting teams that are content creators uh, that are also collectors. But then there's also people that are representing projects that are, are part of projects and on teams of projects. And you have the wide vast, right? You have people that are community managers. You have people that are uh, the founders. You have people that are, you know, make up all different walks of life. 
And most of you know that we had uh, one of the founders of Crypto Tech Women, Gigi, here on the podcast. Uh, I know it's a favorite episode for many of those that have listened. And I got to hang out with Gigi in uh, in San Diego recently, and we had a we had a great time. She shared the stage there, and and I will just tell you, anyone that's listening right now that is looking to book a speaker, a founder that has a powerful message, that is an engineer that can convey really what Web three is about. Gigi is one that I would uh, I'll put my name on the line for someone that can go up, show up, and deliver. And on Gigi's team, and, and one of the people that I was excited to hang out here in London is uh, Miss Eth Barbie, which I've already messed up the name. And we had a, we had a whole adventure that we'll have to, I'll have to explain at a whole different time. But I, I know that you came across the pond uh, to come enjoy the event. And you're here not only representing with uh, Crypto Tech Women, but across a lot of projects and people that you are involved with, being able to, you know, network, you know, connect as a speaker. Give us your take of the event and maybe a takeaway that the audience uh, could kind of have uh, moving forward. Yeah, thanks, Fanzo. So, yeah, one of the best things, this is my fourth conference for the year, and one of the best things is really just connecting with the women founders and builders that are here. Like One of the reasons why I got into NFTs is because um, it's all about entrepreneurship at the core of it. So everybody that is here is building. They're an entrepreneur. They're a small business. And so really bringing that energy together and supporting one another, it's always like I'm always so inspired by everybody. Like I've been meeting people who have been building video games or sustainable fashion or like all walks of life. So that's my that's one of my favorite parts of coming to the conferences is getting to meet them in real life and i would say like there's so it takes a lot to actually come to a conference for a woman like you're leaving behind a lot of times your family your kids and also like the financial part of it so i think a key takeaway that i would love to see is like uh, maybe scholarships for more women to be able to come to these events because Wow, there's so many women here. I think the ratio was still like one to nine. And so like how can we close the gap and make it so that it's more one to one or one to three? And so maybe like how can we fund more women to come to these events and collaborate and see what NFTs are really about? Um, I think that would be one of my key takeaways. But yeah, I've I've been excited uh, to connect with uh, the builders, the founders and everybody that's been here. I love that, I, and I and I love the idea of like scholarships for for female. I also like like the plus one pass that I've seen some tech events do, where every female that's buying like a full ticket, you can gift a ticket to any other female that you want to to attend. Uh, and I think there's some there's definitely some ways that we can be more creative. And I also think it's important to level set. Right, we're moving in the right direction by changing some of the narrative around not all manals, not all panels that have all men, but we have a long way to go. Like there, we're not anywhere close to where we. We need to be and in many cases we also have to set people up to succeed in all representation right and I think a lot of times there's a little bit of a plug and play and some people show up some people don't and so I think as a whole we need to identify like where are people's strengths and then what are the things that we can kind of craft around that some people are great on a panel other people are great maybe on a fireside chat or maybe where it's a group of like 10 people for an hour I think we do need to get creative with the way that we facilitate information at these events because I know there are a lot of amazing female founders especially that might not be comfortable on a, just a direct panel but I know on Twitter spaces they rock the mic they drop drop it like, all the time and I think we have to be creative with the formats to hopefully give some more people opportunities as well 
The last person that we're going to throw it to uh, is uh, also a past guest of the podcast, uh, but he's here representing a tool. A tool. Uh, he's not a tool, uh, but it, he is representing a tool. Uh, Zealous, and most of you know, uh, Zealous link is in our is in our bio here uh, in the show notes. We are giving away uh, thirty of the creator passes that Zealous is rolling out. But Gregarious and I have been traveling a lot. But I will just say. Gregarious and Zealous, Zealous uh, being the tool that we use for not only being able to save and uh, transcribe all of our Twitter spaces, our podcast audio, but it also allows us to really create shareable content. Uh, this space, Zeal- uh, Greg, you've been um, you've been hustling, my friend. Uh, I think Jordan said uh, Greg's uh, ABC. He's always be closing, and I, and I think part of it also has to do like your the, the app is at a place right now where you're giving people that aha moment of like. You're solving a problem that people know they had, but they didn't know there was a tool um, kind of out there to feel. So I'm curious, you know, for the you've been to a bunch of these events. How is the how is the zealous pitch gone over maybe differently? And what are some of the things you think you could attribute that, that to on how people are accepting some of these more content driven things in a Web three space? Hmm, that's a great question. So, you know, I remember seeing uh, I think it was like Jimmy Fallon ages ago, and he was like interviewing this entrepreneur and he's like hey what's it feel like to be an overnight success right and the guy was like great except i don't know which night it was right and you know i feel like um zealous feels like a happy accident you know in a lot of ways like we stumbled into um something that was happening to many people in our space you know our space is bounded by twitter and discord right we have a lot of public conversations we have a lot of member conversations and we sort of found uh, this sweet spot in the middle to sort of help people get more leverage, get more reach, uh, and ultimately get more retention for like their membership. Um, that feels like an accident a lot of the time, honestly. But you know, I think the thing you see when you're here is if Web three is your target market, right? Like this is a friction free zone for finding your customers, right? You come here. You talk to people, you don't have to explain 90% of the things that are going on or why they matter or why they're relevant, you know, and you, you see people's eyes light up when they like, they see what we're doing and they're like, wait, and I'm like, I got another layer, I got another layer, you know, and I don't think that that's unique to us. I mean, I think we're, we're doing something awesome and I think it's very unique, relatively speaking, but I do think everyone in Web3 that's coming here, you know, why you come to these things is to, um, is to be amongst your peers, Right. And an event like this lets you find people that are like you, that think like you, and they remove a lot of the friction that is often the most difficult part in success, right? Success is challenged by all the naysayers, right? Because everyone who wants to do something new and interesting is fighting what people were doing before. And people love shit that stays the same, right? And so you come here and everyone's like, let me try something new. What can I do new? What can I be new, right? That's the powerful part about like connecting in real time, in an environment like this, it's not, um, it doesn't make your product more successful. It doesn't make your product more right. What it does is it eliminates all the pessimism in the process, right? And sometimes that's good. It could be a sugar high though, right? Like, let's be clear, startups and founders shouldn't like think like, you know, you go to a right place and everyone loves you that you're doing the right thing. But relatively speaking, you got to get, you got to recharge the tank every once in a while and find some of the, some of the slipstreams for success. I love that. I love the removing of friction part. I also, it hit me, right? Like every time I, we were hanging out the whole time here, every time you brought up Zealous, 
you didn't have to explain what a Twitter space was. <laughs> and let's be real. Uh, Non-Web3 events, you say, hey, I'm, I, I'm, am I able to save a Twitter space? People are like, wait, those aren't just live. Or wait, is that the thing that is like Clubhouse, right? And a lot of that was removed. I will also say it shrinks the distance access to some amazing people and tools. We are sitting here recording in the VIP speaker lounge. Most people are very familiar with the NounsDAO, one of the elite premier NFT projects in our space. Gregarious just said, like, literally looked over and was like, I want those glasses. And then he switched his seat to the other side and then slowly started networking, opened up the phone, got the product demo, then got them to sign up for the, the Zealous account. And I will argue, what would it have taken for Gregarious to be able to do that outside of an in-person event? It's a lot of emails that don't go back and forth, probably Twitter DMs that people aren't seeing. And so I think, like, that's one of the things that we have to recognize as well, right? And, and last time I checked, every person in Web3 even those that are anonymous walking around here with uh, you know, things over their face, they still put their shoes on one at a time. Every single person in here is human. Every single person in here is trying to, to level up. And the last thing I want to say, you know, I want you to follow each and one of uh, our, our amazing four uh, guests that we kind of brought in here. But I just want to call something out, right? There's a lot of people that talk about how much they love the NFT space and they believe in it. There's a lot of people that show up on Twitter spaces, a lot of people that show up in projects, a lot of people that are, that are putting content out there. But it takes real effort, effort, commitment, and it actually takes some of our, you know, our liquidity to get on the road and come here. No one was paid to come here. Everybody had to pay for their hotel room, pay for their food, get away from their, their, you know, their, their family. There's a lot of sacrifice that goes in here. And I, and I would just say, for those that are listening, when you're questioning if someone's commitment to this space is more than vanity... Ask yourself, what are they willing to sacrifice to show up for this community? A lot of people just think it's, hey, they do a Twitter space every single day. But little do we know that's about as minimal effort as you can get as far as showing up. Now, it is better than those that aren't showing up. But for me, the level of respect, the level of commitment, and the people that I want to be surrounded with are the people that have the means, and I'm not saying everyone has the means to make these decisions, but I will just put this argument out there. If you want to go to the next event, NFT NYC was just announced for April 12th, 13th, and 14th. I'm not paid to promote that, but you know, if you are listening to this uh, NFT NYC team, let's, uh, let's talk about a sponsorship next year. But I will just tell you this. If you want to go to that event, buy one less NFT each month between now and April, and you won't have that liquidity problem to buy a ticket and go to New York. It's very easy for us to say, hey, I don't have the funds or I can't get that time off. But let's face it, we all have that same problem. The question becomes, what are you willing to do to lift us all up to be part of this greater we? It's been a wild ride. We're almost there, my friends. One week left of season one. This, the saga will continue. I feel like I need a Wu-Tang song every time I say the saga continues. But I will just tell you, you know, I'm excited for season one, you know, this last week that we have, but I definitely woke up this morning with this crazy feeling that this day a year ago, we came up with the idea. And just think about that for those that are listening. The idea came to life today. And on November 11th, I haven't stopped since. It's a wild ride. And I've made this argument. I'll say it over and over again. If I had decided to wait to December 1st, there would be no podcast there would be no Mint 365. I would have talked myself out of it. I would have not believed in what was possible. I would not have kind of put myself out there. So as Jordash called it to action, and I appreciated the, uh, the plug there. Raise your damn hand. Press the damn button, my friends. Anyone can talk about doing things. Lots of people can claim they have a strategy and they want to learn. Very few people 
take action. And I'm very blessed to be surrounded by some action takers here in London. So from across the pond, after we just sold out the AI art collection today as well, thank you everybody that bought our, our AI art as well. Uh, from London, make it a great day, my friends. Cheers. The Mint 365 Collection 100-Day Countdown is on. We're counting down to November 11th when we'll auction off all 365 NFTs as one collection, including a custom mosaic of all the art. Want to bid on this one-of-a-kind Web3 time capsule? For details, keep listening to NFT 365.